0: Well, Northside family, it is good to be with you. And if you're online, I want to welcome you. My name's Nate. So glad that you're here. One of the pastors here. And I don't know about you, but I am ready for the best summer ever. There it is, 1130. Thanks for hanging on with me. Uh, but there is nothing like summer. And I spared you the expense. I was going to wear sandals this weekend, and uh, you front row people, I thought about you. Like, ain't nobody want to look at the pastor's toes for 30 minutes. And, uh, but I love summer, man, and I love what happens around summer. I love front porch swings, sipping some sweet tea. My favorite is the Gold Peak raspberry sweet tea. And uh, there's something about it. You know, this next week, it's going to to be 85 degrees, and summer is here, and I just love everything that comes with it. And uh, I, I know my kiddos are excited about it. Every day they let me know. I think the official countdown is nine days left of school and I just wanna do this, before we dive in this series, I just wanna take a moment. If you're a school teacher, if you're an administrator, principal, coach, would you just stand up real quick so we can acknowledge and celebrate you right now? Can you just stand up? I see some people in the back over here. Tony Duffy, I see you, man. Thank you for your hard work for all of you guys. Seriously, thank you. Thank you all for serving, for being Jesus's light in the school through Zoom, through follow-up. This year has been like none other, and you guys have been the hands and feet of Jesus in everyday living. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, You have made families get through this last year and way to go. And I hope this summer is a great summer of rest for you. I was talking to one of my pastor's uh, friends this last month, and I said, man, what are you looking forward to this summer? And he goes, I'm looking forward to a big old nap. And I said, Praise the Lord, right? And uh, he said, No. He said, I want to take a nap the entire summer. Like, I want to go to bed June 1st and wake up in August. He said, That's how tired I am, man. He's like, I just need, he's like, I just need to rest. He said, I'm not just tired. I'm like, I'm like, bone-tired, like in my soul and to my bone, to the core of who I am. He's like, I, I'm just tired, man. I, I'm exhausted. And uh, this is what we know, whether you're a believer here today or not or watching in, this is what all of us can agree on, is that none of us are made to work 365 days a year, 24-7. We, we, we just know that. We go, that, that's not how we're made. That, that's why I think so much of us look forward to summer because we get a chance to really relax a little bit, to, to kind of kick back a little bit. Hopefully you guys get to have a great vacation, go see some family and, and to be together. But this is what we know. We know we were not made just to go the whole time. And, and a lot of times this is what we look forward to summer. I Man, we detach from all of our normal rhythms, uh, all of our normal rhythms of routine. If you've got kids waking them up, a lot of things that go on, you know, we, we just have a different rhythm when summer comes about. And what we find is this, we look forward to summer because we detach, but, but Jesus has something for us this summer, for you and I to experience the best summer ever. And this is kind of the big idea that we're going to talk about today and over the next two weeks is this, Jesus says, I want you to experience the best summer ever. I want you to experience what God has for you. But before you detach this summer, there's this little thing that, that, that Jesus says that we're going to find in John chapter 15. He says, actually, a lot of us, we think we're going to detach and go find the rest that we need. And what Jesus says is, if you want to experience the best summer ever, he says, here's how you do it. First, you need to understand, you need to attach to him before you detach this summer. See, I think that's the thing that we kind of mess up with summer. We just can't wait to get out of here. And too many times, here's what happens. We go on a vacation, we get out of town, you go do all those things, and then we come back. And anybody ever need a vacation from your vacation? right, which really, let's translate it. It's like, actually, I need a week away from my kids, right? You know, you're like, that was cool. Now I need to recover because I'm exhausted and broke, right? And, And sometimes that's what we're saying. You get away, but, and here's what can happen if we're not careful. We'll go and we'll detach. The only thing is, if we don't detach the way that God's created is, we'll actually come back depleted. This is why Jesus in John chapter 15, in his last night with his disciples, he's like, guys, I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you just to live the best summer ever. What Jesus says is, I want you to experience the best life ever. I want your life to count. I want your life to be full. I don't want you to run on empty, but here's the thing. You've got to attach to me. This is why Jesus says it this way in John chapter 15, verse 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. And what he's saying when he says this, when he says, I'm the true vine, this is his seventh I am statement in the book of John. Earlier on, he said, I'm the bread of life. I'm what you feast on. He says, I'm the light of the world. If you want to bring light in the world, he goes, I'm the light. Then here he says, I'm the true vine. And the true vine in that time represented life. It represented Israel. Matter of fact, if you had a healthy growing vineyard, It wasn't just a blessing to you, a healthy vineyard was how you blessed your family. Because when you were gone, that vineyard would continue on and it would be a life force of good for your family. And isn't that what you and I long for? A life not just to experience life now for us, but when we're gone that we go, man, we bless our family even when we're gone. That they experience the good things of God. And Jesus says, not only am I the true vine, he says this, and my father is the gardener, meaning this, God is here to cultivate life in you and I. That the living God is involved in your life and in my life. You know, this is why our mission statement here is we want to connect unconnected people to Jesus Christ. And what we mean by that is we want to connect people to the true vine, to the true life. And then this is what we said. And we do this by three ways. One, connecting you to Christ, community and calling. That's what the next three weeks are gonna be all about. Today's gonna be all about connecting to this true vine, all about you and I connecting to Christ. That's why I loved seeing Josh get baptized today. Powerful moment and got to meet Allie and Drake backstage and to hear that he took a year to pray about this and he had friends pray and walk with him and then there's nothing like seeing people connect to Jesus. There's nothing like seeing God create and redeem life in those who didn't know Him, and so this is what God has for us today. The only thing is this: sometimes when we talk about a true vine, here's what I'm going to guess. Ninety-nine percent of us in this room don't own a vineyard. All right, I'm just going on that. All right, if you do, you're the one percent. All right, I got you. I got you in, involved here. But here's what happens: a lot of times we hear Jesus say, "I'm the true vine." And we're like, that, that's neat, Jesus. I have no idea what you're telling me right now, right? I love that you're the true vine. And I began to think about this. I'm like, what would be a way that Jesus could represent what he is today for us? Because we don't, a lot of us don't have vineyards. We, we don't know what that means. And this is the first thing that kind of came up to my mind was this, I went, you know what Jesus is saying here when he says, I'm the true vine? What he's saying is this, I'm your true phone charger. <laughs> this is what we know. That, that, that people, we live, by, we live and die by this, don't we? Matter of fact, there's a, it's not an official condition yet, but there's something out there called this low battery anxiety. I'm serious. This is a real thing. There's a condition that's starting to happen in people with this with their phone. When, when the color, when it hits 20%, the color of the battery on the iPhone goes from green to what? Wrist. some of y'all been there, right? You start sweating, you're like, I gotta get that charger, man, right? I gotta I got get to this. Now, what's funny is this. You see people, they don't just charge their phone overnight. You see people walking around with the battery could charged to their phone today because this is what they know. If I lose power to my phone, this is what, we don't say it out loud, but this is what we're saying. I lose power to my life. I lose power to my way of connecting. I lose power to my way of knowing what's going on. I lose my way of kind of creating and putting the image of who I am and what's going on. If I don't have power to my phone, I can't let everybody know what I ate for lunch today. (laughs) And if people don't know that, I'm going to lose my street cred. You know, like it's just going to all be over. But here's what happens. What Jesus is saying is this. He's going, when I say I'm the true vine, what he's saying is this. I am your connection to life. This is what I found fascinating on the iPhone. When you have to update your phone. This is, what they make you phone, this is what they make you do with your phone. You ready? You got to plug your phone in. You can't update your phone without being plugged in. Jesus is saying this same thing in John chapter 15. If you want to experience life, you got to plug into me. You got to allow me to be your life. You got to allow me to be the true vine and not just the true vine. You need to know that your heavenly father is a gardener and he wants to cultivate life in you. He doesn't want you just to connect with me. He wants to continue to produce his life in you. This is why right after that, Jesus goes on to say this in in, in verse two. He says, not only am I the true vine and my father is the gardener. He says, and he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. See, Jesus is saying, I want you to connect with me, but not just to connect with me, I want to produce more fruit in your life. I want you to experience the life that God has for you. He says this, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, talking to his disciples. And then he says, remain in me and I will remain in you because no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me, unless you remain plugged into me. Jesus says, you won't experience the life that God created for you to have. Then he summarizes it this way in verse five. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Jesus says, man, I want to bear so much fruit in your life, but here's the deal. If you don't remain connected to me, if you don't attach your life to me, what he's really saying is this, you'll never actually be able to fully detach this summer like you need. You'll never be able to get the soul replenishment that you deeply desire. And what's interesting is in this passage, Jesus is going to say this word remain 10 times remain, 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 remain. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm trying. You know, does that mean I have to come to the 945 and the 1130 service? You know, like, like what, what does that mean? And uh, I'm trying to remain. And, and I, I came across this commentary and this said this in the best way. And really what Jesus was trying to get at was this, when he says for you and I to remain, this is what it means. To make ourselves at home with Jesus. See at home, We act a little bit different don't we at home our guard drops at home we're a little bit more vulnerable a little bit more real we're a little more honest and when Jesus says remain in me what he's saying is this I want you to be at home with me because we all act different at home matter of fact this week my wife stopped by with our two boys we had a little picnic out on the patio out here she picked up some chick-fil-a had some nuggets out there for him and we were just hanging out and in the middle of lunch my five-year-old Carter said dad gotta go to the bathroom we're just sitting out here I said well you know where the bathroom is and he walked over and was about ready to start peeing on the wall out there in the patio I'm not kidding you man I thought he knows where the bathroom is here in the lobby. And I'm like, what are you doing there? And he goes, well, that's what I do at home, right? And uh, in, our, in our backyard, you know, our, our neighbor has a nature reserve next to us. We have a privacy fence and he knows when he's back there playing in the backyard, nobody can see him. That's what he does. He goes, he, he takes a leak out there in the backyard. Just so y'all know, there's no peeing on the patio. All right, uh, is, we, got, we got some ground rules at church here, all right? But this is what I know when we are at home, man, we we act a little bit different. We roll a little bit different. And when Jesus is saying this, he's going, man, I want you to be at home with me. You know, a lot of pastors, this has been their push during this whole, you know, COVID season is you got to get everybody back to church. and Man, every service, every weekend, I've seen somebody that I haven't seen in a year. And I love that so many people are making their way back to church and I love it. You know, I know different people have had health conditions and different stuff and people are starting to come back and I love it. Can, Can I just say this though? If we're not careful, it's not just about making your way back to church. It is a holy habit for us to gather on the weekend, to open God's word, to worship. He changes us to serve one another, to be with one another. It is a holy habit and a calling and a command to gather as a church. But here's the deal. You can be here, but still not be at home with Jesus. And so even more important, than tuning in online, more important than even being in this room today. I love that you're here. I pray that God changes your life today through the power of his spirit and his word. Here's what he wants for you more than you even being in church is this. You ready? To be at home with him. To remain in him. Because Jesus says this, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Jesus is going, I want you to experience the best summer ever. I want you to experience the life God created you for. I want you to experience all that God has planned in your life. Here's what I'm learning about following Jesus. Following Jesus is a lot like a swing. But you know how you swing? When you sit in a swing, this isn't how you swing. You don't sit down and start going, right? What do you do? What's the first thing you do when you want to swing? Push back. You push back. What Jesus is saying in this passage is this. And if you want to experience life that I have for you, here's what you got to do. You got to lean back so you can go forward. This is what Jesus did in his life. Oh, I got a big ministry moment. Sam talked about it in his communion talk, Mark chapter one. He spent an entire night healing a town. The entire town came to him. And the very next morning, you know what he did? He didn't go forward. He leaned back. And he went away and he prayed. And he made sure he was at home with God. He spent an entire night in prayer before picking his disciples. He was always leaning back. He was always going back in his relationship with God before he would go forward. He was always attaching before he would take his next step. See, you and I, we have the same invitation to just lean back into Jesus, to lean back into his grace. For some of you this summer... The biggest thing God has for you to do is for you to come home and have a relationship with him, to find yourself in his grace, to lean back into his mercy and allow his mercy to wash away your sins. On Tuesday, we celebrated a baptism here. It was amazing. An entire family got baptized here on Tuesday night. We had a chance. I got a picture on the May family. Incredible moment. They, they first started coming to Northside on Easter weekend. And after Easter weekend, they were like, hey, we think we need to lean back into this grace that you're hearing us talk about. And as a family, they all got baptized. The only funny thing that happened is this. On Easter, they texted in the word accept, eight one four one one in case you want to get baptized and have that. And something went haywire with our technology and it connected them with Northside Christian Church in West Virginia. I'm not kidding you. And so for an entire month, they're talking with Northside Christian in West Virginia, and they're leading them to the Lord, and they're like, why don't you come meet us on this night at the church? We'll be there. Their entire family show up. I mean, their towels, their trunks, and nobody's here except our maintenance man, Chris Lanier. He calls me, he's like, Nate, there's a family that wants to get baptized. I was like, praise God. And he said, they have been talking to us all week, except, and we figured it out. They were talking, and we're like, oh man, you know, sometimes technology lets you down, right? But here's the beautiful thing that we saw this week. We saw an entire family lean back, attach themselves to the grace of God. And see, this is what Jesus wants. He's going, because here's what happens. I wanna bear fruit in your life. The best summer ever won't be where you go this summer. The best summer ever actually won't be the filet that you eat this summer. Lord willing, we all get to eat filet a little bit, you know. Nothing wrong with it, but can I tell you there's something better for you than filet and the trip? It's the true vine. At home, working in your heart. This is what we find, Jesus says this, he goes, man, when you're at home with me, my father, he wants to cultivate his life in you. This is why he says this, he goes, not only am I the true vine and my father's the gardener, he says this, that what happens is he begins to cut away things that don't belong in our life. And he begins to prune things in us. And sometimes, can we be honest, when we get pruned by God, it's painful, isn't it? You know, sometimes like, okay, God, I'm going to make my home in you, Jesus. I'm going to place my faith in you. And we lean back and he goes, great, because I want to talk to you about this. And you're like, whoa, hello, maybe not, right? You know, and we're like, maybe I won't make myself at home that much, right, God? I'm not ready to talk about that. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I want to talk about it because what Jesus is saying is this. He's going, I want to begin to deal with that so your life can actually be fruitful. This is what he says. If you're a Christian here today, see, God doesn't just prune the bad people. What he's saying is this, if you're a faithful follower of Jesus, here's what he does. He says this, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so it can be more fruitful. It means God begins to cut things away in our life because you see it. You see a wild branch that's growing. And what happens is this, that wild branch begins to take energy and nutrients away from the good things. And when God begins to cut things away from you and I, sometimes we get mad. Here's what, here's what I'm learning about pruning. You may want to write this down, this down. Pruning by God is not punishment, it's preparation. It's preparation. See, when God begins to convict you and I, he's not trying to condemn us so we would feel bad. What he's trying to say is this, I have a better way for you to live. I have a better life for you to experience. Pruning is not punishment, man. It is preparation for what God has next. I'm telling you this summer, God wants to prepare you and I to be more fruitful in our life. See, this is the good news of God sometimes we're changing ourselves, and he goes actually when you attach yourself to me I'll bring the change that you desperately desire in your life and I'll actually bring change to your life that you didn't even know you need this is what God's committed to do and he's going I want to cut the things away that don't belong in your life he also means this when it says that he's going to prune us it also means a word like this that God is going to reposition us that's what a good gardener does a good gardener comes up and when he looks at the vine, when he looks at the grapes, what he does is this, he sees the clusters of grape that maybe have fallen in the dirt or, or maybe there's a cluster of grapes that you know everything's kind of shadowing it now, and it can't get sun and what he's gonna do is this. He, a good gardener picks up the grapes and he repositions it so they can grow again. What you need to know is this, when you and I attach our lives to the vine this summer, when we attach our lives and we make Jesus our home, here's what he's gonna do. He's going to start rearranging our lives. And what he's going to begin to do in our life is this. He's going to go, I'm going to position you so that you can experience my growth in your life. And for some of you, you may actually experience a change of location because God is going to reposition you to be more fruitful. Or he's going to bring some new things into your life this summer to begin to invest in other people here in the life of Northside. Or God might just begin to change your schedule. He might even change your career a little bit here because what he's saying is this, I have some things that I wanna do and when I bring the change, here's what you need to know, it is for your good. Had a pastor friend who who talked about this. He goes, you know, as pastors, it's always easy to talk about pruning until it's you that God's pruning, right? A lot of times for pastors, it's like, y'all need to get pruned, right? And he goes, it's easy to tell people about that until you're getting pruned, and he said, I felt God cutting away some things in me, he said, that I didn't even know. And he goes, it began to scare me a little bit because I was like, whoa, God, I feel like I'm losing control. And he said, I began to pray about that going, God, I'm pretty terrified about what you're cutting away in my life. God, I'm kind of scared what you're doing in my life right now. And he said, this is what he felt God whisper into his life as he began to pray over this passage was this. He began to realize and he felt God was speaking into his heart this, because oftentimes when we, pr- when we get pruned, we feel like God is far away. Like, God, you're making me go through this, and you're making me go through this by myself. He said, this is what I realized. A good gardener, and if God is the gardener who is cultivating our life, this is what he realized. A gardener can never prune far away. Actually, a time when the gardener is pruning our life, it's when he's the closest to the vine. See, God is with us when he's cutting away the things in our life that aren't producing fruit. And this is what God knows, if I cut the wrong things off from your life, it'll actually take away value from your life. See, the good news of God is this, when I cut things away, it's because I want your life to experience value. I want your life to experience meaning. I want your life not just to be the best summer ever, but to be the best life that God created, a life of grace and mercy through Jesus. Some of you are going, well, Nate, I hear you about this fruit. What, 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 what fruit are you talking about so I can know? What, what, what's God going to produce? Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 5. He says the fruit of the Spirit, this is what God wants to cultivate in your life and in my life. This is what he says. He says here's the fruit of the Spirit. It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's gentleness. It's self-control. Could you use any of that this summer? Everybody's like, yeah, Lord, I've ran out of all patience with everybody, right? And here's the funny thing in the world, right? We are the richest we've ever been. The history of the world. This is the richest we've ever been. This is the most technologically advanced we've ever been. And can we just make an easy assumption? This is the most ununified the world has ever been. Could it be, could it be that the world is attached to the wrong vine? No wonder we can't bear fruit of love. No wonder we can't bear fruit of peace. No wonder we can't bear the fruit of gentleness. No wonder we have no self-control. You're connected to the wrong vine. See, this is what God wants to cultivate away from us. He's going, I want to cultivate this life, but here's the thing you got to connect to the true vine. And and, and we got to teach the whole scripture. Sometimes this stuff is hard to teach, but I got to let you know, Jesus says this, and he does say it in a shocking way because it shocked the system of Israel. When he said this, he goes, Every branch that's connected to me that doesn't bear fruit, God cuts off. It's like, whoa. And what he's really saying is this, he's going, Israel, you need to take note. Israel was God's chosen people who he rescued out of Egypt. They didn't save themselves. The living God saved him and he said this, you guys are gonna be my vine to the world. You're gonna be my people. You were not a people, now I'm gonna make you a people. You're gonna flourish because you're connected with me. You're gonna experience life that the world doesn't experience. And what happened was this, they started to be the people of God and then they left the vine. They left their life. They left their connection. And what Jesus says in this passage is this, careful, don't get entitled because your heavenly father will actually cut away the branches. And it's more so not just that God is cutting us off, it's that oftentimes we cut God off, don't we? God, I'll I'll just take it from here. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 11. He, He says it this way in verse 22 through 23. He says, consider therefore the kindness and the sternness of God. God is a kind God. He's also a stern God. He's a true God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you. He's talking about the Gentiles, people you and I. He said, kindness to you provided that you continue in his kindness, provided that you and I remain connected to the vine, don't go finding your life anywhere else. He says, otherwise you also will be cut off. Paul says that to the Gentiles, he goes, nobody is entitled to the grace of God. The grace of God is a gift for us to receive, to us to live in. And then he goes on to say this, and if they do not persist in unbelief, if they come back and they repent, He said, they will be grafted in for God is able to graft them in again. Even today, maybe you found yourself going, you know what, like me, I was baptized July 4th, 1992. You can be baptized a long time ago, but cut yourself off from the vine. And what Jesus is saying is this, maybe for you this summer, the best summer ever, is that you reattach to the vine, that you come back to your home in Jesus. He's a kind God who's also stern. And he says this, if you wanna come back home, that's why we love Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son, don't we? We love it because when the prodigal comes running home, who comes running after the son? The father. The Father says, I've been looking for you. I've been waiting for you. You belong home here with me. You belong here with me. This is what Jesus says. After that, he says this in verse 6. He says, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. He's going, man, when you cut yourself off, he's like, God's like, hey, I had life for you. Reconnect with me. But he says this in verse seven. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, if you make your home in me and my words make their home in you, he says, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Some of y'all's ears just perked up. Like, Lord, I need a Ferrari in Jesus name, right? You know, And, and we're like, ask whatever you wish. Yeah, Jesus is saying, here's the deal. When you connect with me, when you align your life with me, when you attach your life to me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and I'll give it to you. Here's the thing, when we attach our lives to Jesus, you and I start praying different prayers, don't we? Our prayers for a Ferrari kind of go by the wayside and what we start praying for is this, God, I can't forgive this person deep in my heart. God, would you do a work that only you can do and would you help me to forgive them? God, I can't get over my past. I've tried it. I've, you know, I volunteer. I go to every service on Northside every weekend, this and that, and I can't get beyond this sin. God, by your grace and mercy, by your cross, would you free me from my sin? See, Jesus is saying, here's what I want you to do. When you start remaining in me, your life starts changing. And he goes on to say this, and I'll change your life to my Father's glory. And my Father's glory is that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You know what God wants for you this summer? He wants you to bear fruit. He wants his life to flourish in your life. He wants his love to be on display for the world. He wants his kindness to run through your veins. He wants his world to be redeemed. And he's going, here's what I want for you. I want your life to begin to change. And what I found interesting in this pattern, this is what Jesus says in John chapter 15, one through eight that we just read, this is what it said. He goes, I wanna take your life from no fruit, to fruit, to more fruit, to much fruit. That's some juicy fruit right there, man, right? Jesus already had that patent. He's like, you didn't come up with that. That's the life that I have for you. God is saying, man, I want to move you from no fruit to fruit to more fruit. And now I want to bear much fruit in your life. I want to help others connect to this life. Some of you are going, Nate, that sounds so good. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know what to do. You know what you and I need to do? Find our rhythm. Find our rhythm this summer. This summer. Find our rhythm with Jesus. Begin to make him your home. For some of y'all, you're going, Nate, I don't have rhythm. Yeah, we know because you clap on the offbeat during worship, right? We know, we heard it. We see you, right? That's all right. That's why Jesus' grace is enough for us. Some of you go, going, Nate, I don't have rhythm. Here's the good news. When you attach your life to him, he begins to cultivate his rhythm by the power of his Holy Spirit through your life. For some of you, God's going, man, let's go. I got a new rhythm for you. I want to speed things up. You've been sitting still. I've got a new rhythm for you to go to. I've got a new life for you to go into. It's time for you to give your life to the Lord this summer and to begin to really step out into grace in him. He's going, let's go. I've got life. For some of you, life is crazy right now. And you know what his rhythm for you is? You just need to slow down with him. Find your life in Him. Maybe you need to turn your phone off for a day. Reattach to the vine. Some of you are like, yeah, that is going to be an act of God right there and, there. and they, you know, for some of you though too, you know what? It's not even going. It's just sitting still. Psalm forty-six, ten. Be still and know that I am God. Maybe the best summer ever for you is that you're still and you know the one who gives you life. I love what our team has done. They've created this handouts out in the lobby. If you go out the sides here, they've got it. They did a resource guide and in it, some of you are like, Nate, I've tried to create a rhythm you know, i tried to read through the Bible in a year, like six or seven times, you guys have started in Genesis, and you get to Genesis 8, and you're like, what in the world is going on, right? And you just close it, you're like, I tried, I tried. We've put a summer reading guide in here for you. We've put book recommendations in here for you. We put information about baptism and our camps and the series and different things for you to grow in, but this is what God is saying to all of us this summer. He's going, I got life for you. Find your rhythm with me. Make time to sit and open in God's word. Allow it to be your home. And here's what's going to happen. You ready? God's going to bear his fruit in your life. In three months, you're going to look back and go, wow, I just made myself at home with him. And Jesus started making himself at home with me. And my life looks completely different this is what it says in acts chapter 4 verse 13 about the disciples they were preaching about jesus and they couldn't shut him up and all this other stuff and all sorts of people were coming to christ and they're like what is going on and this is what they said about the disciples they go they could tell that they were unschooled ordinary men thank god that god uses unschooled ordinary men right and this is what they said but they could tell that they had been with jesus They could tell that these disciples had made Jesus their home. May we this summer make Jesus our home. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for being our God. Thank you for being the cultivator of our lives. Thank you, God, for drawing near to us, for coming after us, for wanting to rescue us and calling us to attach our lives to you father I pray for every story and every person in this room and everybody online that father the areas that you are calling us to connect to you this summer today this week that Jesus by your grace and your mercy we would find ourselves resting in you and when we rest in your grace Jesus we know by your promise and by your word You begin to change us. So, Father, this week, would you give us courage to rest in you? Would you guide us and would you empower us by your Holy Spirit? And we pray all of this in your name, Jesus. And all God's people said together, amen. May you find your rhythm with him today. God bless you. Pick up a resource guide on the way out. We'll see you next weekend.